Welcome back. We're back. We were off for the Easter break. We hope you guys uh, had a good uh, time away from your friends and family. And we hope you missed us, man. We're back. It's episode 35. It's Pitch Invasion. In your ear, what do you know? And of course, we're dealing with uh, football, left, right and center. I mean, there's a lot to talk about today. But I'm not by myself today. Loise is not here, so I'm taking control of the ship. Do not worry. We're still going to be sailing on course to some great football topics, discussions, debates. And of course, I cannot do that without... Emeka Enyadike. Who um, is second on the log. Yeah. Okay, we'll just get that clear. He's always very, making sure to remind I've us that always, Liverpool on top. I've always the table, but, um, you know... No, 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 you're second now. Man City are uh, on... Back down to on steroids, you know, so... They weren't the whole season? Well, you know, somehow, I don't know. We'll see. Mm, okay. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion podcast, the podcast for football travelists. We have to start locally, and locally, I mean, South Africa, you know, specifically with the APSA Premiership. Now, it's obviously turned out to be a two-horse race between Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns. And this is going to the wire. This is really, really going to the wire. And, you know, for those that don't know, of course, um, Sundowns also still have a pending. It, that case is still pending, Amika. I mean, with the situation uh, with um, Orensa and, you know, whether Sundowns are going to be dog points. And I'm hearing rumors that it could be one point. I don't know what the official law is, but as things stand, you know, Pirates are on top of the log and, you know, Sundowns are right behind them. But could you say that, you know, Sundowns still have a chance? Have Pirates wrapped this up? Pirates look look on course and, and you know, I've always said that if they, they kept their nerves through the last couple of games, which they have, I fancy them as being potential champions. Plus, um, Sundowns have um, their eyes set on, on the CAF Champions League, where you know they, they, they come with a um, an away goal from the from the first leg of their semi-finals. Uh, if they score just one nil, they, they go through to the finals and a chance to add, add a second star, star to their shirt. Um, it will seem like. Um, it's not it's not over like they say, but I think that you know I, I'll give Orlando Paris the the advantage with or without all of the drama around whether Sundowns get docked points or not. And I think that the PSL should have dispensed with that that matter a long time ago. Uh, leaving it until this time, um, it's not very good because we we had an experience last season with Ajax, uh, and I thought and I did say also that I thought that. That that was wasn't well handled because they left it until very late. So um, interesting next couple of weeks uh, when we wrap up. But um, I, I think Micho uh, can smell blood. Because I mean, you look at it now on the table as things stand. Sundowns are a game behind Pirates and three points back. Now. You know, obviously, we're waiting for the outcome. We don't know if it's going to happen. It might not even happen this season by the looks of it. But, I mean, if they had docked a point or two or three, you know, you're looking at a situation whereby Pirates will only need a point in their next game. And that is crucial. So, I think, you know, they've got to find a way to, more so for the fans as well, to give us clarity. Because I'm a Pirates fan and I'm sitting and I'm thinking, listen, you know, the guys are out there also in limbo. And, you know, putting in blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, they're out there for three points when maybe they could pull up a fund and just go for one point, you know, and hopefully just secure a point. And, you know, th this is going to be interesting now because you also look at it this way, is that 
if you decide to dock a point to uh, to Sundowns, remember that game involved Sundowns and Vitz, do you then award the points to Vitz, who then would move to 51 points themselves? So it's interesting that, you know, this situation has all of a sudden thrown Vitz back into the mix because, I mean, they have to be comp. I mean, they were the team that, you know, this grievance took place, you know, on, and surely they should be compensated in some way if Sundowns committed, you know, an act against the rules. I've always believed that if, you know, football rules are, are there for a purpose, uh, to keep everyone in check. So whenever there's, there's a deliberate violation of the rules, I think that the, the full punishment should be meted out. And, and, and having said that, I think that, you know, there, there needs to, to be urgent action in that regard because leaving it until one or two games to the end is not a good thing. And then, you know, maybe they could even say, do it now. And then the teams know what they're playing for because, you know, all of this could change um, if overnight those points get given to, to Viz and Viz are back in the conversation and then anything can happen because we've seen Pirates even when you expect them to win and then they go and lose. Mm. And, we've, and I've always said that when everyone talks about sundowns and games in hand, I say, you know, for me, game, games in hand mean nothing. You've got to win those games. I mean, Sundowns have proven. I think they drew all three or four of the exactly. games in hand. So you know they've got they had the distraction of the Cup Champions League, and you know they, as it looks right now, um, what we we would normally be be celebrating as um, a classic finish to the season with all of those teams in the mix, um, it's been eroded with this. Uh, sword hanging of, of whether or not the points will be docked or not. But I, I mean, we, we had a situation with uh, Bloemfontein Celtic not too long ago and in their game against uh, Cape Town City where the game was called off because of crowd, uh, crowd violence and trouble in the stands and, you know, um, inadequate security. And they gave Cape Town City the 3-0 win. Yes. Now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking they took two weeks to decide this. And two weeks to decide a matter that also involves the law. Because remember now, the police involved, people were arrested. So surely a case like this where there's a rule book that says, you know, if you play an illegible player, this is what the rule says. You know, maybe, you know, we should also do a bit of due diligence ourselves and go look at the rule. And maybe next week we'll discuss it and find out, you know, what the punishment says. But if they took two weeks with the uh, Bloemfontein Celtic and Cape Town City situation. This game happened in October last year, I think, right? So we're, what, nine, ten months into it? So this literally has just thrown the league in limbo because now, like I said, you look at Vitz, they're now thinking, hey, listen, you know, if Cape Town City got a 3-0 win for crowd travel, right, they didn't put three goals in, whereas in our game, we probably were prevented from winning <laughs> because of an ineligible player. Surely we should get these three points, which put us back in the mix. And, you know, looking at the log, Pirates are three points ahead of Sundowns. And, you know, there's a plus four goal difference ahead of Sundowns. So, essentially, if Pirates win their next game, the league is over. It's over, yeah. But if, if, if points is, it, Sundowns, you know, are capable of... I mean, if they could put five against Al-Akhli, you know, if they go down to the last game and if Pirates lose and Sundowns need to win 6-0, for example, I mean, that's highly likely. They can do that. So, you know, there's a, this situation has really thrown the league into, you know, it's, it's really disrupted the flow of the league, to be honest with you. And, I mean, with two games left, well, Sundowns have three games left, but, you know, the rest of the pack essentially have two games left. I actually don't know when is going to be the right time to actually announce 
any sanction on sundowns in terms of you know whether they're going to be dog points or what the heck is going on with that situation but you know sticking to sundowns i mean they did well in the CAF Champions League. Yes, they lost, but they got a goal away from home at uh, Wydad Casablanca. And I must say, I need to give Sundowns praise, man, and I need to give them credit because, you know, I'm looking at a team right now that is slowly, slowly and possibly changing the culture in South African football as a whole. Because now I think we're getting respect, not only in you know, Southern Africa, but I think the Northern African no, Africa, teams now, all of, all of Africa. you know, respect us. Because if you look at the past CAF Champions Leagues, I mean, the Northern African teams, you know, dominated. And now we have sundowns that can go up north and actually, you know, make a name for themselves and, you know, come back with a result. And I mean, we're at Casablanca, you know, they, I mean, they're recent champions. So we're not talking about a fly-by-night team. And Sundowns actually, you know, hung on there and got the result. So I'd like to get your thoughts, Amik, on what you thought about their result. Um, it's a good result. Um, my word is just, you know, sometimes when they're under a lot of pressure, um, which I would have loved if they played the, the game first at home. Uh, you know, they, they've struggled when they've, when they've, when they've been there to get some, some results. But if they play as good as they did against Alali, then you know they're, they're in, I mean why that would be being for uh, for for a real hammer in here, and I I think that you know Sundowns needs needs to win one nil. Uh, then first things first, they need to stop Wider from scoring, which is what Wider will try and do. Try and, try and get a goal so that they put that push pressure on Sundowns. But if Sundowns can prevent them from scoring, and even if they get a one one nil, they just need to get through. And, uh, and you know they don't need to, to get carried away because these North Africans know know what to do if they go away. They, they come, especially when it's semi-finals and finals. They always have a plan, and they are, sometimes has got to be careful. We've seen them struggle against Wydad in the past, yeah. where they needed maybe to score an extra. I mean, they were in the same group. So, get, yeah, same yeah. group. I'm, I mean, I'm saying also they've met them too many times in recent times. It's almost becoming a derby. And I think, you know, in Sundown's case, you know, to be fair, I think if you've put five against Al-Ali, you've got to be confident that, you know, the next team coming in, you can at least score two goals. And, you know, should they do that, then, you know, shut the back door, then that's Sundown's through to the Champions League final. And what a story that would be for South African football. I mean... It's not easy to get into a Champions League final, but to get there twice in a space of three, four years, I, mean, I, think, they've already, I think that's incredible. I, I think they've already done, done, done well. They've, they've, uh, they already have a story out there. You know, to, to get to the semi-finals um, tells you, you know, that this is a good, uh, you know, almost like a golden era for Sundowns because, you know, we haven't seen South African teams do so well in, in Africa. Pirates give us a decent run when they got to two back-to-back finals. Sorry, and then Supersport United also um, had a decent run. Yeah, the run. final. Yeah, they had a, a decent, decent run as well, getting to the final. So, overall, I think that if you if you were to take um, a snapshot of five or six, almost seven seasons, you know, with these three clubs, mm. you've, you've you've seen, you know, a phenomenal improvement in in how how they approach Africa, which is something that Chiefs and and Bitvest need to reevaluate their 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 strategy because. You can't be a big club in Africa if you're not competing against against those teams, and that's why those teams are able to sign big, big name players because when they win this Champions League, they get more sponsorship. They get um, the, maybe prize money for CAF is not too too much bigger than the prize money you get in the PSL, but uh, the potential for you to get a global audience because mm. you get to play in the World Club Championship. Yeah, you that's get to, right. You know, you get more exposure, and you know, if you look at a team like Kaiser Chiefs. That got the, the blessing of having Lucas Radebe at Leeds and having a whole rock band 
uh, come out of there with a, a name with their name. Um, you know, they, they can be global. If you look at pirates uh, with their logo and everything, you know, the more they play in Africa, the more the, the name goes out, and the more they can build their brand. And then Sundowns, you know, they've they've been in the cooler for a, a long while, but in the recent times with Pizza, they've just they've just turned the corner, and you know, they become one of the the, the feared teams in Africa. What do you think? You know, I always remember my dad always telling me, you know, the Swallows of the 1970s, the Chiefs of the 70s, you know, the Pirates of the 80s, you know. And I then start to think, okay, in the context of South African football, in terms of, you know, the greatest teams, obviously I wasn't alive to see those teams in the 70s and, you know, more so the late 80s. But, you know, I remember the teams of the 90s and the mid-2000s, you know, the 90s Chiefs, the 2000s, the late 90s, 2000s Sundowns, obviously the recent um, Pirates teams. You know, where, where does that put Sundowns in that picture? You know, could you could we categorically say that, you know, this Mamelodi Sundowns is possibly the best South African club side of all time? Well, I mean, if, if you look at where they are right now, you know, they've got one star. You know, the only other team that has a star is, is Pirates. Yeah. And if, you know, if they do, and don't forget, Sundowns have gotten to the finals before. Yeah. yeah. And I think they've got the, the most... Uh, Premier Soccer League, PSL title. They do have, they do have yeah. that. But I'm saying also that they've, they've, in Africa, they've, 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 they've gotten to the Champions League, the, the Champions League final before. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, like they have this, this. And so you know, whatever happens this season, they, they, they're putting themselves in, in the equation for, for, for. Do the you think? Because I mean, team. you know, in our country, you know, we, we're, dare I say, we are shackled to the idea that Chiefs and Pirates are, you know, the biggest clubs in the country, and and they are. In terms of, you know, maybe in, term, in terms, in terms of, follow, of numbers, in terms and of numbers, and, follow, fans, support and everything, and that's that's how you possibly, determine the biggest, right? Possibly, but now I'm talking about pedigree now because now I'm looking at Sundowns and I'm thinking to myself, it's hard to deny Sundowns' status as the best South African club side because now if they get to another CAF Champions League final, right, and they if they even win it, I fear as a Pirates fan that Sundowns just elevates to another level that Chiefs might not get back to. I know the numbers in the stadiums. I know Chiefs have a large fan base. There are Chiefs branches everywhere except for trees. And everywhere there's a Chiefs, you know, Chiefs branch, Bulukwane, yeah, there, there, and so forth. I understand Pirates have a star. But if Sundowns get a second star and on top of that win the league, I think that takes Sundowns to a level that just is unprecedented and unanimous, them being the biggest and the best South African club side. And I think it would be hard to deny that because, you know, when you have two stars in your badge, will, that says it all. They will only be... So now, and and so, it's not like two stars where the, where the first star was one, where, you know, the CAF Champions League was, you know, only... 10 teams participating. No, We're talking no. about in the heat Sunda of Sun African Sundowns football at its will, peak. Another star will make them the most successful South African club. It will make them the biggest club. Orlando Paris is... What about the best? Is 80 years what old. What about the best? Or they're about, I don't know. What they're, about the best? They're, yeah, they're about... The, Paris were founded in 1937. 1937. What about so, the, but what about the best? Would that make Sundowns the best club? Um, because, I mean, you being a Liverpool fan, I look at Liverpool and... You know the you know the younger generation of Liverpool. Obviously, you know if you said Ian Rush, they'd be like, "Huh? Do you understand yeah, what I'm saying?" They yeah. they're more Gerard and Suarez, Suarez and yeah. now Coutinho. you know Coutinho, Salah, Van Dijk. But that era for them, you know, is just non-existent. So they could not embrace themselves in that Kenny Dalglish era 
to actually understand, you know, how big Liverpool, you know, they are as a club. Never mind were, but still are. And if they win that Premier League title, that sort of obviously revives Liverpool back in that conversation again. Yeah, yeah. But you still can't deny the fact that Liverpool, what's it, four, five-time European, five-time five time European yeah. Cup winners, Champions League winners, that's a huge deal. No, you can't, you can't wipe you, it away. You, you, you can't, it's like Ajax. So it's like Ajax as well. Exactly, you can't wipe that away. So now I look at Sundowns and I'm thinking to myself, a second star, surely that takes them right at the top as the best. No, Fine, the, they might not be the biggest because support and... Um, tradition, history. You know, tradition I mean, because, I mean, Orlando Pirates is, is a team where... You write where your Kaiser, own history. Kaiser, you Kaiser, write your own history. Kaiser played for Orlando Pirates. So did Jomo Sono. You, you write know? your own history. And then you look at the, the Chiefs um, team of the early, of the 70s with Ace and all of those, those, those uh, uh, players. You had tremendous... Some of, some of the most iconic players... From, from in South African history, either played for 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 pirates or chiefs or swallows, you know. Um, but yes, to your point, if if they do win, um, they have they have a stake for to to be in, to be in the best. The team other thing that I think Sundowns have changed more so ever since Patrice took over. You know, it's not all about the money, but I think most kids growing up in South Africa, right? Where do you want to play, Chiefs or Pirates? And I think that has changed now. That's now, you know, Chiefs, Pirates or Sundowns. And I think that's where I'm getting at in players, terms of players Sundowns are to, players are taking to come back, themselves to the top. They're willing to come back from Europe and, I mean, Matlambi came back from, from... And his first destination, Sundowns. Came back from, from Egypt and he went let's, to Let's Sundowns. go back even further. Let's go back a decade. Yeah. Peter Androv, yes. right? Peter Androv, I think, possibly started that whole, you know, trend of... You know, that, that maybe was the, Sundowns. That, 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 was, that, was, that announced the arrival of, of, of Patrice at, at Sundowns. Yeah. And, and I mean... And P- changed the equation. Because it's pretty much like how Chelsea evolved from, um, you know, an average team into... A super team a, a in super England. super team or Man City. Um, and until Chelsea won the Champions League, right, that then meant they could get anybody. They could get literally get anybody. And that's where I feel Sundowns are at this stage. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football travelers. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate, or just complain about your favorite team, send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. That's plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag pitch invasion. Remember to follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded. We're going to move on from Sundowns and um, we're going to head over to Liverpool. This is your part of the land. And now, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the table and I'm thinking, okay, they're no longer on the top. And, you know, with two games to go, I'm not so sure, Amika, that Liverpool can actually win this title because City seem like they're just really, you know, firing on all cylinders and they don't seem to be uh, looking like they're going to slow down at any uh, moment. But now, obviously, there's... Small matter of the Champions League to deal with. Some team called Barcelona. Heard of them? Well, look, um, they, they 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 have to first navigate Barcelona, um, and then they they get back to to facing Newcastle and Wolves. What? I'm just. That's two, not going to be easy. Game. Those two games are going to be very difficult because they've got two very very good managers who can set up the stall. One to, to being try, former to try, Liverpool to try and frustrate manager. them. However, I think you know after watching Liverpool against against Huddersfield on Friday. 
was kind of convinced. You're, convinced. you're not gonna, you're not gonna compare. No, 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 you, no. You're not gonna no, tell me no, your no, confidence for the Barca game. No, no, is I, coming no, from the no, no, I'm not comparing. I'm just saying win, that. Right? I'm just saying that the the, the 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 team has hit a level that if they had a few months ago, some of the games they drew, they probably wouldn't have drawn those games. They've gotten to the point now where where they've gotten through difficult games where they've had to come back. Dig deep to I win. I think Salah getting back on the score sheet. Yes, we get back to the point where no, not just Salah because I mean because you, you got money as well. You got actually moving Jordan Henderson from that defensive role into into you know his more natural position as a box to box player has given them a certain kind of you know edge, and I think that that you know I'm confident they can win their their next two games. Um, I think also with Man City, the games people thought that they were going to lose. Uh, maybe drop points sometimes. No, maybe not lose, but maybe drop some points. Tottenham, uh, Man Burnley. United, and even Burnley. People thought that, and then everyone looks at the, the next two games and thinks uh, Leicester and and Brighton. There's no way they will, they will drop points. You need to just go back to when Man City won their first league title under under the new the new era where Aguero scored in the last minute. That was a neck to neck similar mm. to this when they had with with Man United, and it went it went on it went to the last day, and you know the results. Somehow the United game finished a bit earlier, and then Aguero scores, goes and scores another goal. So, um, you know, whilst Man City has the advantage, and I think that if they do win, um, you know, um, fair play to them because I think that, in my opinion, I think they've been phenomenal. They played like champions. They've dug themselves out of very situations, and they've gone 12 games. But uh, on, I, I, on, a win, on a winning road. I, I have to stop you a bit there, Amika. But. I, I have to say this as an Arsenal fan, right? You know, Arsenal cop heat for almost any result, you know, a loss, a draw here, if we drop points and so forth. And I'm just trying to imagine if Arsenal had a seven-point lead where if they'd won that game by Christmas, they would have gone 10 points. And then fast forward to today, they are now second. You would not hear the end of it. And I just don't hear enough criticism of Liverpool and Klopp, to be honest to you. Because at some point, Liverpool had the chance to go 10 points ahead. And 10 points ahead, do the maths, that's four games. And I just think there's not enough criticism on Liverpool's part to say, guys, how did you guys mess this up? Where did this all go wrong? Because I'm telling you now, had this had been Man United or had this had been Arsenal, we would not hear the end of it. And I think there's too much of a romantic storyline no. that people want Liverpool to win for no. them <coughs> refusing no. to give Liverpool heat. No, I, I, if I don't, this was in I, Spain, listen, I, Amica, if I, this was I, in I La Liga and Barcelona or Real Madrid, so. no, I don't we're think in so. Liverpool's situation. No, I don't think heads so. Heads would roll. No, I don't think so. I think that that you, you don't you're not getting the, the fact that of where Liverpool have come. You know, this was a team that almost won the league in, in 2014. The 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 heart of that team was dismantled. Gerard Take, retired. Get to five Sterling, years later Sterling, now. Sterling, We're in 2019. No, listen, Sterling, and still the same Sterling situation. Left, Suarez left. You know, so many players. Um, uh, Martin Skerto. The entire, the entire team. The only person remaining from that team, apart from Minoli on the bench, is Henderson. is Henderson, because the story is always on the bench. Apart from last 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 uh, Friday. The point that I'm making is that Klopp has come in. He's built that team to the point where they they could have got into. Champions League semi-finals, back to back. This is a team that couldn't get into the Champions League. You know, they've gone into two, two European Cup finals, which which they lost. And sometimes losing those games is not because they're not good enough. But maybe, you know, 
how would I put it? It's it's just that one extra step. And if you look at this season as well, the first time Man City, two teams have gotten over 90 points. They, they, they worked out that in, in 117 years, only twice would you not have, not have won the league if you had 90 points. So, you know, I, I, people don't realize just how good Man City are. And the fact that Man City, Man City, but Amiga, have, have, Liverpool had a seven-point gap Man City, with a chance Man to make it ten. Man City's squad, Man City's squad, and how much they've, they've, they've. Well, won. maybe stop spending seventy million on defenders no, no, and split it up. No, it's and not that. Thirty-five it's on, not, a, it's not on that. a defender. It's not. It's not that. Man, Man, City, Man City game the the FFP, which with the owners being able to throw in deals to try and balance the books but they you know they've spent more than everybody else and they and they have a squad that they can have almost three three different lineups with Liverpool once they had injuries at a point they at what there was a time when defensively they didn't, they didn't have they had a point where Fabinho was even even made to play uh play centre back and that's when they crashed out of the FA Cup and also but lost then a few could, games. could you not say this right I know, you know, oh, with Arsenal, my club, you know, over the years, there's just been talk about, you know, our performance away from home and that Arsenal away from home just don't have that mental edge to put in a performance or to gear themselves up to do the business away from home. And I'm now looking at Liverpool. You pointed out 2014. You know, there was another season with Torres before that. Now we're at this season. Do Liverpool have the mental state and the mental capacity to handle a title fight? Liverpool have only lost one game this season. But they had a point, they had a chance to go 10 points ahead. Agreed, agreed. I'm just saying that in any other season, they will be champions already. The point is just... No, but that's not any other season. This is this season. The point is just that you need to give credit to Man City. Man City, Man City... They are Is it credit to Man City or should Liverpool be not for not taking it out? No, 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 no. I mean, Man City was like 21 points. The, the two difference between Liverpool and Man, and, sorry, Man City and Man United was about 21 points or thereabouts. And then, and then how many points did gap between them and Liverpool from last season? How, how I mean, look at how it is that they have only one point ahead of but Liverpool. But you had the advantage, Jamaica. You can have the advantage. At the time, Man City was five points ahead of Liverpool. Before. Five is not seven. No, no, I agree. Seven I, could I agree, have been I ten. I agree. But I'm, <laughs> I think there's a huge difference. But I'm, difference saying, that, I'm saying that it is not over. So, you know, we can have this conversation when but the now, is over. Uh, but now you had a situation where it's now in other teams' hands, apart it from doesn't, It still doesn't matter. When you say it's in other teams' hands, you're saying that the teams they're playing against don't have much much stake in, the, in this equation. If you look at it, I mean, uh, there was a point yesterday where Burnley, Played like they, they really have something else. You need to understand teams in this league, the higher up you finish, the more money you earn. You know, okay, so, so now let me move to this question now, which we're going to segue into the Champions League. Liverpool now, their best hope of silverware. Does it lie in the Premier League or is it still in the Champions they League? They can still win both. I mean, Champions League, they're playing Barcelona over two legs. Who says they're going to win those two games? And they've got two games left in the Premier League. Who says yeah, they're going to so, win those? So, exactly. So, so the point I'm making is that is that they are still very much in the conversation for for two titles. And do I think they can win? But I think they can. Um, is it in their hands? They have to just win their games and then see what happens. So, you know, if they do win those two games, you know, Leicester beat Arsenal. Ten men Arsenal, get that right. I agree. Yeah, look, when I hear ten men, ten men Arsenal, <laughs> ten men Arsenal, get that right. Leicester beat them, and Leicester is not an easy meet as well. 
So no. unless I mean Brendan Rodgers, why the heck would he want to give Klopp any favors? The guy who replaced him. Why would he? Why would he want to say here, Klopp? You know, I, I don't think you he, took my job. I don't think I'll make it easy for you. I'll put Vardy at right back for you. I don't think it matters because because tomorrow when Klopp leaves, he might become he might be called back to Liverpool. It has happened before. Kenny Dalglish came back. So no, but Kenny Dalglish, Brendan Rodgers, Mourinho came back, went back to Chelsea. So it's possible. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, up until now, has given us probably our best season in a very long while because that was a very romantic season. So I mean, I give any more so than this season when you had a seven-point lead. No, I'm saying that the difference between between that Rodgers team and this team is that this team is solid defensively. If we had this defence in 2014, Liverpool would have been champions. If we had 75 million to spend. <laughs> well, so, and, and you've got to imagine that at the time also, they had this silly transfer committee where they were buying players like, you know, like... Uh, Degen. Yeah, not about Degen. Even, <laughs> even going far. They bought... Uh, Martin Kelly. Not Martin Kelly. Stuart they Downing. <laughs> they bought Veronin. Sacco. They bought some, Sacco. some players that, you know, they didn't really... Um, do their homework. Jerobo Isisa, no, he was in If you look at this team, the team now, Mane, Salah, I mean, on that club, he got Joel Matip for, for free. For free. Joel Matip this season has been, people talk about Rave about Van Dijk, but Joel Matip, there was, I saw a whole um, highlights of him pl- playing out of the defence. Including that own goal against, uh, what was it, where he scored that own goal? No, I forgot about the own goal. He's been, Joel Matip has been phenomenal this season. Joe Gomez, you know, there's been there's been so many players that have really stepped up in terms of value of this Liverpool team today. If they were to sell that team today, they can't sell it for for less than the club. They can't sell it for less than two three billion dollars, uh, billion pounds. That's how good the team is now in terms of their global global fan base, the appeal, the romanticism. What what is just missing is silverware. The silverware. Look, if we don't win... How many the, years is it now? 28? No, it's 29. 29? Yes. Oof. If we don't win the Premier League and we win, and we win the Champions League, it adds more... How more, many presidents have South Africa had in 29 No, forget about <laughs> how, many, how many presidents. <laughs> forget about how many presidents. The issue is just simply that, that um, like I said, you know, it's not over until until it's over. So we'll, we'll, I'll take... I'll keep believing until... Until after, after May the 12th, then we can have a conversation. All right. Well, seeing as though you're saying it's not over until it's over, I feel the same way about the top four. And clearly, this top four race, you know, I was saying to people, it's possible that this top four race to me is more exciting than the Premier League finish. Because, I mean, you have four, five, yeah, how many? Five, four, four, four teams, essentially, yeah. you know, battling it out. And every week, you know, they keep handing, no, you take it, no, you take it, no, no, you. It's like a game of hot potato or a game of musical chairs. And Arsenal for the love of God, have just failed to take advantage. And now we're seeing Man United also doing the same thing. I mean, if Solskjaer won Sunday's game, for goodness sake, I mean, they would be bad. They could have even sniffed third. Look, listen, but between Arsenal and Man United, both of them had the chance to close those two, sp- those two spaces because they had games, you know. But, you know, I don't know how you can snatch uh, defeat out of victory. <laughs> you know, I'm learning, that, I'm learning about that. From both Man United and Arsenal, because yesterday they were, uh, Arsenal was pathetic. Chelsea as well. I mean, Chelsea, everybody makes it seem like it's just Arsenal. Man no, but I'm, I'm Chelsea saying, as well. I'm saying, also. I'm, I'm saying that the advantage, advantage that they both had, and then Tottenham on their own at, at, at home. You know, you might say yes, they have the Champions League, which is what, what I love about Klopp. They asked him and he said, "Okay, on Friday, we've moved on from Klopp." No, I'm coming. I, I, I'm saying something. <laughs> something. You know, go with, with Tottenham, the excuse will be that okay, mate, they've got a Champions League game, so. You know, but I was looking at the Tottenham lineup. It was it was a strong enough lineup. Then I look at at I listen, you know I listen to Klopp and he says 
Don't ask me about Barcelona. Right now, my focus is, is, is Huddersfield, and I've got to do a job. I'll do a job. When I'm done with this, then I start thinking, thinking Barcelona. That's the mindset that you need to approach these two, these two um, titles. I think with Man City, you know, they had that... that uh, they look at their fixture, and they had Tottenham, two Champions League games, and they just assumed that Anna will beat them in all, all of those, those games. If Tottenham stepped up, stepped up a bit in that game against Man City, they'd probably get something out of it. But if you, I don't know if you remember me predicting Tottenham was going to take, take Man City out. I do remember that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm looking at it this way and I'm thinking, you know, this top four race, essentially, you know, I think Arsenal, you know, you know, when you have to rely on other people's results, you know what the biggest problem is? Is that you have to take care of business then, right? So if the other teams lose, like you wanted, then the onus is on you to take care of business. And Arsenal just haven't taken care of business. Lose, the loss lose, against lose, Crystal Palace. Looks like Leicester. Leicester might be the ones to determine who finishes the top yeah, four. Yeah, because they, they, they've got, uh, <laughs> Man, got Chelsea, they've, they've got, got Chelsea and Man City. So, you know, they still have a, a say in this. And I mean, they played Arsenal on yeah. Sunday. And, you know, in Arsenal's case, I think the loss to Leicester, uh, the loss to Crystal Palace, I think was a bigger blow because their away form, let's face it, Arsenal's away form for the last couple of years has been terrible. So if Arsenal had lost to Leicester, even if they had all 11 men, I don't think it would have surprised anybody. But the Crystal Palace result at home, at home, yeah, that one was terrible. And especially coming off slaying Napoli away from home, one would have thought that, you know, that was enough to galvanize the guys to at least put in a shift. And... I'm looking at Chelsea. They too seem to be just handing this uh, fourth place away. Maybe it could be that it's going to boil down to Arsenal and Chelsea in the Europa League. Because I think in Man United's case, you know, there's something, something's not right at Man United. I'm not quite sure what. There are talks of Pogba looking at, you know, apparently he's agreed. Uh, well, he hasn't agreed, but he's spoken to the club that he wants to leave to go to Man United. Somebody needs to get the, will the real David De Gea please stand up? You know, because that's not the David De Gea we know. And, you know, Spurs having lost at home. So something is not right in that top four mix. And it's literally going to go down to the Y. And there are some interesting games coming up. I mean, Arsenal's final game of the season is Burnley away from home. And having seen what Burnley did against Man City and Arsenal's away record, I think the writing's on the wall there. And I mean, Man United still have a... Um, I think Man United's last game of the season, it is at home. And I think it's an. I think it's Brighton or Huddersfield, if I'm not mistaken. Man United's last game. Um, no, at no, it's home. Chelsea. Just it's, uh, it's Man City playing Brighton in the last game. So it's Huddersfield at yes. home. I think, and I mean, you can I mean, might as well count that as a win. You, so, never, you never know. You know, there's. Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, finish, but I think you know the top four is literally going to boil down to the last game. And I think, you know, and, and, and by the way, Chelsea are playing Watford as well. In their, I think their second last game is Watford and Watford aren't going to be easy. Yes, Man United are playing Cardiff at home. Ah, oh, give me a break. That's an easy three-pointer. So, you know, that's three points for United. And I'm looking at Arsenal, two games left. You need a minimum of four points. And we're talking Burnley away. And I think it's Huddersfield uh, at home or Brighton. I think that's who Arsenal are playing, Huddersfield or Brighton at home. That, to me, I can see the three points at home, but away from home, I'm not so sure. And I think the top four, well, let me put it to you this way, the teams that are going to qualify for the Champions League, one of them is going to come from the Europa League. I think either Arsenal or Chelsea will have to win the Europa League to get into the Champions League with the way this top four is going, because as it stands right now, 
ah, nobody's giving me any sort of um, promise or hope that they'll get into the Champions League. But I want to move on to Syria and uh, La Liga. But I'll start with Syria, where, you know, they've wrapped up now, Amika, Juventus. And, you know, I was talking to someone not too long ago and I was saying, you know, when Juventus went out in the Champions League, that part of Juventus' problem in the Champions League lies within the Serie A simply because there's just not enough competition to get them battle ready for the Champions League. I mean, if you've won, what's it, eight league titles in a row, that says it all about your league. Do you know what I mean? It's not competitive. Yes, you may be the best team, but I mean, you're winning it by landslide every year. And that's another league title for Cristiano Ronaldo. And, you know, what do you see for Juventus? You know, was this really a wasted year? You know, did they really want another league title or the Champions League should have been more their focus? They they seem to, to lack uh, cutting edge in terms of goal scoring. And so adding Ronaldo was going to be the the missing link for, for, for me. But I think somehow they just haven't been able to... to to, to take their game, you know, a step further. And they became too reliant on Ronaldo. The other players didn't step up. And, and that's why, you know, uh, what seemed like uh, something written in the stars with the way Ronaldo was scoring goals for them, you know, blew up in their face against Ajax. You know, however, with, with, with regards to the league, I think that, you know, the, the story, whole story is about Ronaldo and, and what he's been able to achieve there because... You know, Serie A is very difficult. Um, a lot more defensive-minded, but he's he's gotten over 20 goals, or probably 20. I don't know if, if it's I, 27. The last count, yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a that's a remarkable achievement. And the one thing that I picked out, uh, which made sense to me over the weekend, was you know his 600 career goal as a professional out of 801 games. That's something that I never thought I'll see. Uh, talk less of you know seeing it. But Gerd Muller's got something. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying that those, those are records that that Gerd Muller, Pele, and a few players had these records that you you look at it and think no, it's never not, again. It's, it's inconceivable. But I think that you know Ronaldo and, and Messi have continued to break records. And when you look at them, they don't seem like players that will retire soon. No, they, they look like they look check. like Ronaldo looks like someone who might finish from here and decide I want to go to Bayern or go to. <laughs> Go to Germany because he's he's when you watch him, you know he still has has pace. He still has he still does a few, um, you know, crazy stuff. Still play, yeah. And then Messi as well. When you see him, he's he's. I mean, I saw him playing like like he's a robot or something. Like he doesn't need to even think or run. So these two guys, you know, I keep saying it. Let's stop comparing them. Let's just appreciate what they what they've achieved. It's it's insane. Six hundred goals in eight hundred and one games. I mean, how, who does that? And I mean, speaking about Messi, you know, Barcelona also wrapped up the league title of the weekend. That then makes it 18, 11 years for Barcelona and makes it 10 league titles in 15 years for Messi. That's incredible. It's incredible, yes. That's incredible. It, it gives him, it puts him into every conversation of greatest player of all time. And uh, whilst I, I, I'm a little bit old school and and pretty much also because I, I, I you know it took me a long while to accept Pele's pedigree, but I, I I did watch a lot of his and also went through a lot of his 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 record and I still think that you know let's leave that era where it is and and pack it you know those are those are uh, some some achievements that you know you can't take in the realm of the human <laughs> human understanding. Yeah. 
but appreciate where Messi is. You know, he's he's achieved so much, and I think with all the talent that Argentina has, you know, he did take them to the to the World Cup final. And probably if they, everybody stepped up on that day, maybe he specifically he, he maybe won't yeah maybe maybe they were, this argument about him winning the World Cup would have been out of the the the, the equation. But you know, I have a feeling that both him and Ronaldo will want to try one more time to win the World Cup in 2022. But let's let's say leave the World World Cup out of it and give them their due credit. These guys have been phenomenal. Now, just before we wrap it up, I want to talk about uh, the respective leagues here because, you know, we're looking at Juventus having won eight straight titles and Barca eight in the, you know, in the last 11 years. Where do you think the challenge, let's start with Syria, where do you think Juventus is serious challenge is going to come from because I know Napoli have tried to mount uh, some challenge but I mean even with 10 games left in the season they were already out of the title race. It's it's, it's difficult because Napoli, Roma, um, you know, they've all become selling clubs. You know if you look at mm. at Roma and imagine that Alisson and, and, uh, and Salah were sold in the last couple of couple of years. I think they uh, sold El Shawari as well. Exactly. I'm, I'm just saying that that the quality of players that they, that they that they sell. Or you look at Napoli. You know, their best player was by a mile was Jorginho. They sold him. Um, the only club not selling anybody is Juventus because Juventus keeps they keep buying, keeps um, competing strongly because for Juventus to be able to attract Ronaldo, Ronaldo could have gone to any club anywhere. In the league, and there are, there are enough clubs in England that, that could muster that that 100 million. But he, he obviously doesn't didn't want, wanted to take on a new challenge, and Juventus Juventus appealed to him. So, if you look at it, you know this is one of the reasons why the Premier League is is so has got so much appeal because Premier League is no respecter of of teams. You find. You know, like I mean, even in Fergie's height, he didn't win eight in a row. No, he didn't. He, he didn't, and he couldn't because. You know, he had to contend with Asim Wenger. Mm-hmm. Asim Wenger, you know, um, had had some great great years. He won the double in '98. He won also in 2002. The and then, and then in 2004, he went, you know, beating the entire season. And then Chelsea came on board, and and carried on. And then you had Liverpool throwing sand into his into his eyes with with the Champions League win in 2005, which he took Fergie, I think another three three years to try and salvage some of it. Um, but you know, with 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 with, um, with Germany, it's also become like like oh, Bayern. Dortmund have just re- you know they've handed it back to Bayern. Even Munich. when Klopp was there, which with, with how strong Klopp was as a, as a character, Bayern still bought their best players. You know, so so you know if you try and weigh every single one of them, you understand why the Premier League is what it is. And I mean, you look at Syria now, and you know, for over the last. You know, dare I say, decade. It's been, you know, that Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona challenging for the title. And I think, you know, what's sad is that, you know, Valencia at some point were in the mix. I mean, there was a, a, a Chinese consortium that came and yeah. took over. And, you know, they had uh, they, a galaxy of stars. I mean, they, there was a David Silva, Juan Mata, David Villa, uh, Jordi Alba, all in one team at Valencia. And, you know, they mounted a serious uh, threat for the title. And it they've just but disappeared. It, I but but, but, but I mean, the, the most people are in the business for for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is to make money, and the second reason is to try and win win trophies. 
the, the era where a lot of those clubs uh, lived on the glory of, you know, we win title from, from year to year. You've got to go back to how Nottingham Forest won the, the league and then won the, the Champions Cup then, as it was, as it was yeah. known, back to back in 79 and 80. You've got to look at Aston Villa winning the league in, in 82. You've got to look at Wimbledon, Romantic FA Cup winning in 88. You, you, the more you look at, at those things, or AC Milan, when Berlusconi came on board and they, they became the dominant team in Europe, you know, back then it was about I'm bringing the money so we get the, the honours. Now, it's, football has become more and more of an industry. So the investors are coming in and, t- and taking a look and say, OK, look, we're trying to keep it up to a certain level. And then, you know, I mean, look at how much money Liverpool made from selling Suarez and, and Coutinho and, and, you know, and, and in fact, I'm even going too far, Southampton. Yeah. You know, they were celebrating surviving the Premier League. That, that is because their model has been about being able to, to, to produce young, exciting players and then just take a look at how many players Southampton has sold in the last uh, number of years, starting with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah. You know? And then they, they've had so many players, you know, that, that they've sold. Lalana, you know, before you even talk about Van Dijk, Lovren, sold a lot to Liverpool. If you add all of them together, that's a lot of money. So you put it on one corner, it's revenue. And then what are they spending money on? How much did they get Van Dijk from, from uh, Anwayama from Celtic? 10,000 10, or whatever. Yeah. And they sold them, they sold, sold them off. For but for, combined 90 I mean, odd Yeah, look, sure. Was was that's came out, came out, came out of just team, those players came out of their team and they sold them. So that's 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 the that's the world we live in. And then you, you look at the Real Madrid model, which Juventus tried to copy with signing, signing Ronaldo, which is okay. We spend a lot of money on the on the on the player, but then we maximize the returns in terms of you know getting fifty percent of his image rights, getting more 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 fans. Barcelona has got a hundred thousand uh, seater capacity, and I got a call from you know one of my clients in in Europe saying. They want to get it, get tickets, so I, I, I out of the Barcelona Liverpool game, and I called eight people that I know uh, can do it, can can do it, and excuse you know, us, the, yeah, the last the last um, request that ticket was, is going for three hundred, about three hundred, or I think it was no, actually the cover price of the ticket is about one one. 17 because I remember Liverpool fans complaining that and Man U fans before yeah. how they, they, they raised the price of the tickets and they're going to try and keep theirs, theirs low for the second leg. Now here's the story. The last I got on Saturday was 900 euros for, for, the, for the ticket to the game. That's what happens when you build your team to that level. When I went in 2015 to watch Real Madrid and, and uh, against Juventus in the semi-finals, after picking up my ticket, I had three Russians and two other guys from from Turkey offering me a thousand to a thousand five hundred euros. And you turned it down? I turned it down, yes, because <laughs> I mean, I, I don't travel. You don't travel fifteen hours from South Africa to yeah. <laughs> to Madrid only to sell your ticket. Well, you could come back fifteen <laughs> hours later and buy a car. <laughs> I mean, that's fourteen thousand Amica, so you could have done that. It's a fair exchange, you know. Yeah, I'll think about it next time. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for in the show. And uh, when we're back, which will be episode 36, we will know essentially who's got one foot in the Champions League final, either Liverpool, Barcelona or Ajax and Tottenham. And I think it's going to be an interesting um, semi-final lineup in the Champions League. I think, you know, we could have potentially that dream run that Porto had when they, you know, slayed Giants along the way and eventually won the Champions League. Or you could have one of those finals where... 
Barcelona or Liverpool run into a final where they'll end up winning 3-4-5-0 like the AC Milan's of back in the day. So it's going to be interesting. And obviously a lot of PSL football uh, in the week as well. You know, Sundowns could find themselves, you know, out of the title race and Pirates could find themselves champions without even kicking a ball. So there's a lot to look forward to uh, up until we meet again. But uh, as for episode 35, that's all we have for you today. And I'm Ola Makwaza. I'm I'm hoping to be back on, on top of the table. No, they won't. <laughs> See you. All right.